Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of DQ with Damani. I am your host, Brooklyn's very own, Dominica's very own, Damani, the Tigre Nader. And I'm not at all too surprised with the news that has come out within the past couple of days. We're going to start real small as usual. Max Kellerman. My boy, R.I.P. HBO Boxing, he was the goat on there, but he has been catching some flack, especially this morning. I've been hearing a whole lot of people in boxing circles across the world not too happy with Max Kellerman. He and Timothy Bradley on their Max on Boxing show on ESPN, they made a whole lot of biased statements. These guys are not rocking with the PBC 135ers. The lightweight division, as we all know, is extremely hot, extremely contested. We just had the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Top five pay-per-views in history. We had Gervonta Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, and of course, that fight shook up the 135-pound division. Moving forward, there need to be a lot of questions answered regarding who is up next for the Undisputed Championship against Devin Haney. Of course, he has a fight May 20th that's supposed to be really ensuring that he will remain at the top spot and open up the doors to challengers such as Tank Davis, challengers such as Shakur Stevenson. Now, Max and Tim, they've been pretty, you know, well-documented with making some biased statements towards their fighters, but they took it to a new level this week when they went on their show and said this for instance another 135 pounder over there that's doing some things um they're not going to waste their time in, in trying to you know negotiate they're going to be they're going to have all the terms and all the money in their hands they can control everything so why would they go and right. fight your course stevenson yeah it just business. makes no sense you yeah, know it's it's, it's, it's business at the end yeah. of the day. Now, at the end of the just put it this way. Now, now, I'm not sure if you heard that correctly, but Tim Bradley and Max, they are obviously speaking on the rehydration clauses and the other contractual, quote-unquote, advantages, even though we all know they're really not advantages in the A-side's favor. Being placed on B-side fighters from ESPN, who may or may not even be truly considered B-side fighters because of the way Top Rank has them set up. I don't understand how you could consider Shakur Stevenson a B-side fighter when he is a former unified champion. That that doesn't really make sense. But of course, Max Kellerman, Tim Bradley, their company men, they're going to try to paint their fighters in the most victimized way possible because obviously they saw what happened with the golden girl, Ryan Garcia, who has been underneath the wing of Oscar De La Hoya for some time now. They're going to really try their absolute best to make Tank the villain in this situation, even though he's really doing it to make sure that he's not fighting an oversized lightweight, which is exactly what Ryan Garcia is, if you want to consider the fact that he fought at 140 pounds, 143-pound catchweight against Javier Fortuna. So... With all of that aside, I'm just really getting tired of the narrative that Tank can't fight these guys without stipulations such as rehydration clauses. And 
they're misinterpreting what the rehydration clause actually is. Like I mentioned in last week's episode, a rehydration clause is not meant to drain the B-side fighter. A rehydration clause is meant to ensure that the B-side fighter is not oversized on the night of the fight. We have people who are supposed to be fighting two weight classes, sometimes even three weight classes higher, and they're cutting weight just to have the weight and height advantage. That's not a surprise to anybody. It's not. This is just a facet of boxing, a facet of combat sports that has existed probably since the beginning of the sports conception. You're always going to have guys who are trying to kill themselves to make weight so that they can have that advantage. A rehydration clause scraps all of that and says, you know what? We're going to make you weigh in not once, but we're going to make you weigh in two times. And on top of that, we're going to place a limit on how much you can rehydrate in terms of water weight. If that's not fair to the undersized fighter, then I don't know what fairness in combat sports is. It just it just really doesn't make sense to me how people are trying to make tank this boogeyman for making sure that he's not fighting dudes who are just fat lightweights. That doesn't make sense. It's never going to make sense to me because I compete. There's it, it, it doesn't add up. The guy's making all this strange commentary on tank. It really just has to stop. Unless you've been in the ring yourself, you've had to cut weight. I don't I don't think it's fair for you to pass judgment on Tank like that when he's under the exact same stipulations. It's not a one-sided contract. So it's just it's just getting weird with these narratives across these boxing circles, especially with the ESPN guys. I've already spoken on Tim Bradley and his biased commentary on fights, his biased commentary on the other side of the street, claiming weird stuff like this all the time. It, it just gets really old and played out and for once, I'm really just ashamed in Max Kellerman for wanting to bandwagon on this narrative that Tank doesn't want to fight Shakur unless there's weight stipulations involved. If Shakur is a natural 135-pounder like Aesop Cruz and others, there won't be that issue. That will never be an issue. So I, I, it just has to stop. It really has to stop, guys. It's getting old. It's getting old. Demetrius Boo Boo Andrade. It's been a while since I've brought his name up on this show. Unfortunately, it is not for a good reason. For him, at least. He has come out on social media and several podcasts talking trash about the fact that Canelo Alvarez, of course, the undisputed super middleweight king, has decided to fight John Ryder instead of contenders such as himself, Charlo, David Benavidez, and others go ahead and roll that he i guess gonna fight was it john Ryder? yeah because yeah. he says he wants a tune-up because he's coming off a hand surgery yeah a tune-up fight is somebody like for somebody like myself that's been out for 16 months now nah, you just fought and yeah. then you gotta live but we need tune-up for how yeah. you not still like a shop like what are you what's the tune-up for you know but i get it that's the easy, not saying John Wright is an easy opponent, yeah. but come on, man. How are you going to continue to call him the best or pound for pound when he's fighting guys like that? When you got David Benavides, um, Demetrius Andre, yeah. Jamal Chalo, yeah. which you had guys that you should have been had for or should have been in line to fight, not John Ryder. If somebody says something about, oh, because like John Wright is active and he's, bro, come on. So clearly Andre is speaking on the fact that himself and others up and down in the Three weight classes have been waiting for an opportunity to fight Canelo, but obviously haven't been able to secure that fight. 
Of course, Android had a belt at 160 pounds. He just recently moved up to 168 to fight Damon Nicholson. Obviously, he got the excellent victory. He shut Nicholson out. There were a couple of rounds where Nicholson did come back. He fired back. There was a lot of trash talk in the fight. It was one of my favorite fights of the night. Of course, January's card was excellent. They had Tank on there. Got the knockout finish over Hector Luis Garcia. Now, as for whether or not Boo Boo deserves this Canelo fight, at this moment, I do not think that he would not be out of the question completely. Of course, we do have David Benavidez, who is the interim super middleweight WBC champion. So, of course, before anybody else in the division gets a shot at Canelo after John Ryder, it should be David. Of course, whether or not that happens, we'll have to wait and see. But if we're going based on strictly the rankings, belts, and the rules of the commissions, it should be David Benavidez next, especially since he did just fight a WBC title eliminator, which would make him number one regardless of whether or not he has the belt. Of course, we have seen several fights in the past that have not been specifically belt title eliminators. Of course, that person still does become the number one ranked contender and should be next in line to fight for the belts in question. Now, I do believe Android would be able to put up an excellent fight against Canelo, but it just seems that he's been plagued with issues regarding his promotions, being able to get him the fight similar to Edgar Berlanga, and just the opponents that he's been facing. They've been in and out, in and out. They haven't necessarily been the name solid enough to get him the proper reach upwards to fight Canelo, get Canelo's attention, despite the fact that he has had excellent performances against these opponents. I would recommend somebody like Danny Jacobs. That would definitely put him back on the map 100,000%. Demond Nicholson was an excellent showing. It's just that the name, people don't really care enough about Demond Nicholson. People want to see Boo Boo Andrade in a fight that is meaningful. They want to see him in there against an opponent that is high stakes. They want to see him in there against a Charlo. A Charlo fight would, would be massive. That would be massive. I said that on that specific episode when we were speaking on the undercard for Tank's fight against Garcia. Charlo versus Andre would do numbers. Charlo versus Andre would not only do numbers, but it would also get Canelo's attention because he's like, hey, these two contenders who have been calling me out for upwards of a year and a half now, some, maybe even two and a half years if we're being generous here, They've been calling out my name for forever. They just got a fight done like Caleb Plant and David Benavidez. It's time for me to fight one of these guys. I'll have the pick. So just doing a round robin, seeing who's going to get taken out would realistically be the best way to get a Canelo fight. But obviously that isn't happening because Charlo has his own aspirations. He still wants to fight Triple G. Charlo definitely has his own goal of fighting Canelo. So all the guys are just really just in a circle waiting for the opportunity with their hands out. It's really just not a good situation for a lot of the people that 168 pounds right now. Super middleweight does definitely need to clean itself up. Similar to the heavyweight division, we're not going to get the biggest fights possible unless these guys get their act together, nut up or shut up and get in the ring. Next up, we got some news regarding our boy, Jared Anderson. He will be back in the mix, I'm hearing July 1st. I believe today he had a press conference detailing exactly who he would be fighting. And 
letting the world know that his heavyweight development phase is coming to a close. I, for one, am very excited for that. I have said multiple times that Jared Anderson needs to be in the mix with the top, if not 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 necessarily the top flight, but somewhere within the top 15 of the heavyweight division. It's way, 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 way past due for this man to be fighting bigger names. Of course, top rank, we know that they like to take their time with their prospects. They like to build upon their prospects, try to ease them into the bigger title fights later on down the line. Firstly, they just want to make sure that their fighters are accustomed to the talent that top rank also has to offer because sometimes they'll sign guys from other promotions, minor promotions they'll take some guys up from, or they'll match up one guy against another, which is exactly what his newest fight is supposed to be. Now, his next opponent has been announced as a Kazakhstani beast, 240-pound southpaw Zan Kosobutsky. Now, whether or not this guy's going to be able to stand a chance against Jared Anderson, we will have to see because Big Baby is in for the biggest test yet. He has 18 stoppages in his 19 fights. This guy from Eastern Europe is not playing any games. So when people go online and say, oh, Jared Anderson, he only fights cab drivers. He only fights tomato cans. He's not fighting anybody relevant, anybody who offers him a real challenge. He just came off of a knockout victory over a guy who was undefeated, George Edias, and now he's fighting a Kazakhstani monster. So, I don't know. I don't know what boxing fans really want at this point. It seems like they have a really strange love-hate relationship with the guys who aren't in the top five, aren't in the automatic mix for a world heavyweight championship fight at the moment. Because even when it came to Joe Joyce, people were really quick to just fire off on Joe Joyce, say Joe Joyce... Oh, he never fought anybody relevant. His uh, his accolades aren't important. He didn't do anything in the heavyweight division that warranted him fighting Anthony Joshua when he really did. He just challenged himself and he lost against a heavyweight who was better than him. There's no reason to try to discredit a fighter like him when he loses. You have every reason to discredit any other fighter except for fighters such as himself, fighters such as our boy, Jared Anderson, who is still undefeated. He hasn't taken a loss yet, and people are still talking this way about him. So, all I ask when it comes to fighters like our boy, Jared Anderson, and even guys like Stephen Fulton, is to give them a chance. Put some respect on their names instead of saying, oh, your resume isn't up to par. You don't deserve the opportunities you're getting. You haven't fought anybody serious. Yeah, like it, it's, it's really strange, and it's coming from... Not just the old heads, but people who don't even watch boxing for real, too. The young, young, young casuals. It's really strange to hear these weird narratives from all these different people. I would expect it from the old heads because the old heads, y'all already know, the old heads in the boxing community, they always going to throw shade and they always going to throw hate, especially if it's a black fighter. They are always going to do that. But young casuals? People my age saying that is crazy. I'm surprised. I can't, I can't lie, y'all. Y'all know I got to keep it 100 on the DQ with Damani Podcast. I am shocked. It's Canelo week. Yes, I have saved the absolute best for last. I have mentioned his name a couple of times this episode already. 
But yes, it is Canelo Fight Week. I am very excited this weekend. Of course, I'm going to have a fight party as usual. Every single Canelo fight, I have one, whether it's big, small. I shouldn't even I shouldn't even try to quantify it because every Canelo fight is big. Let's just start there. Every Canelo fight is big. Let's not try to undersell this man's fights by any measure. Of course, now since he is returning home to Mexico, I am extremely excited to see this man home in front of his hometown crowd of Jalisco, Guadalajara. Everybody is going to be outside for this man's fight. But the main issue is the fallout of the Tank and Ryan Garcia fight. Just today, this morning alone, I'd... I'd wager maybe 25 times Tank and Ryan Garcia was brought up and the rehydration clause was brought up or just the knockout loss from Ryan Garcia's end was brought up completely overshadowing Canelo Ryder this weekend. I am I'm 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 baffled y'all. I ain't got no words for it because this arguably was the biggest event in lightweight boxing history. Of course, but we have the king of boxing. Of course, you can make an argument that Tank is the king slash face of boxing, but in my opinion, I still do believe that Saul Canelo Alvarez is still number one. I am going to stand by that, of course, until that man retires, or he just takes a really strange fight that isn't necessarily needed at that point in time. Like, if he decides to double up and just screw around and not fight David Benavidez, then I'll concede and I'll say, okay, of course, you know, the Canelo era is done. I am comfortable saying that his era is drawing to a close. Yes, yes, that is undeniable. The Canelo era is coming to a close. People are starting to refocus on the heavyweight division once again. There's a lot of movement in other weight classes like 175 at the moment. There's a lot of movement in the lower weight classes, the lightweight division. So, of course, Canelo isn't going to have the same foothold of influence that he had before since there are a lot of guys higher and lower making a lot of noise and most certainly a lot more noise than him. Now, now let's just let's just say his name. Let's say it. He's undisputed champion, supposed to be fighting Stephen Fulton. So, he's just one name who could potentially take over and just completely end the Canelo era. Now, whether or not people think that John Ryder is a worthwhile challenge for Canelo at this moment in time, I just mentioned this episode two segments ago. Demetrius Bubu Andrade is not happy about the fight. I am not surprised that he's not happy about the fight, but you still do have to reason with Canelo and the sanctioning bodies because John Ryder has remained active. All of the other fighters at 160 pounds, 168 pounds, who have repeatedly tried to make noise and get a Canelo fight have not been active. Let's just keep it a buck. I'm not going to cap on this podcast. It is a fact. If you want to get the undisputed fight, you have to remain active. There's no way you could take one fight a year and expect to end up in an undisputed fight with the biggest opponent in boxing. That's not possible. That's not how it works. Unless you have a certain resume that makes you a completely undeniable target or you hold a belt where the champion is not necessarily undisputed yet. For instance, Billy Joe Saunders. Canelo had to fight him. 
He had to. For instance, Caleb Plant. Canelo had to fight him. There's no avoiding fights like that because you have to unify the division. Regardless, you have to. But people such as Andrade, people such as Charlo, and before he was interim champion, people such as David Benavidez are not qualified for that fight at that current point in time because they are not as active as other contenders. You have to remain active. That is a fact. So, as we come down to the final few days of the week, please remember, Canelo Alvarez is taking on John Ryder this Saturday, May 6th. I am extremely excited to see this fight. I cannot wait. I can't wait. So, as we come down to the final few days of the week, please remember, Canelo Alvarez is taking on John Ryder this Saturday, May 6th. I am extremely excited to see this fight. I cannot wait. I can't wait. Wait, I'm not May 6th? May 7th? Not entirely sure, but whichever day is Saturday, we are going to see Canelo Alvarez back in the ring defending his undisputed world super middleweight championship against John Ryder. Now, Things to remember, Ganelo is coming off of a hand injury. He just had surgery for it. So we'll be waiting to see if that left hook to the body is as crispy as it was against Caleb Plant. I want to see this man gas John Ryder out. Either gas him out or knock him out. I can't make a solid prediction just yet because we're not sure what kind of Ganelo is going to show up. Obviously, the man who fought Dimitri Bibol just didn't do enough to be able to take the Decision victory over him. Could have gotten a draw. Of course, he could not get that win. Hopefully, against John Ryder, all of those issues that he had against Bivol, such as the arm punching only, will be resolved. I know Eddie Reynoso and the rest of the Canelo team have been working diligently to make sure that this man is straight for this weekend. As far as minor cards, I'm not entirely sure what that's looking like because, like I said, for the millionth time, it is Canelo Fight Week. So all the news right now has either been geared towards the fallout of Tank or Canelo.
And with that, we have reached the end of another wonderful week of DQ with Damar. Like I just said a few minutes earlier, I'm not entirely sure what's going on on the minor circuit right now. So all I can tell you all is watch Canelo. I'm telling you, this man, he's living in all of your heads rent free. Rent free. Man's not paying a single dime to live in your heads. Even the Canelo haters know that. So, thank you all for choosing this show for your weekly source of boxing news and lifestyle. I'm your host, Damani Le Tigre Mater. Be safe, God bless, and drink responsibly. I know y'all about to be overdosing on the Modelos. Don't overdrink. Be safe, y'all. Happy Cinco de Mayo.